Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Hello, hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a great show for you today as Jake Asman, you know him from his show on SB Nation Radio. He is back in the saddle and he's going to be joining me in the second segment. We're going to be talking about just what is going on with Major League Baseball. We're hearing more and more talks now, finally, after that bad proposal that the owners threw out there about a week and a half ago with the tiered salaries, everything like that, so... We're going to be talking about the state of the MLB since this is now a worldwide baseball betting podcast with everything that's been going on. We're getting set to perhaps be joining the Nippon League with regards to a betting standpoint if we don't wind up getting an MLB season. So certainly some interesting times. And in the final segment, I am going to be giving you a side in total on every game of today's KBO betting board and a little something I like to call touch them all. First things first, did not have any Twitter questions come into my timeline, but if you ever have something that you like answered on this podcast, with regards to baseball, betting, what have you, fire that into my timeline at GRS41. And in the final segment, when I do touch them all, going to be going through some bullpen ERAs for the KBO, which has been very hard to find. We've got one of our good buddies, Daniel Kim, providing those to us. But first things first, we did have some games over the weekend in the KBO, so let's take a look back at them, try to get to know these teams a little bit better, and try to find some trends. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. 
And it is very easy to find the most notable trend from Saturday night slash Sunday morning in the KBO. And that's that all five games in the KBO wound up going over, including the SK Wyverns versus Hanwha Eagles game for the Eagles. They wind up getting four runs on five hits, but the problem with this team was Chad Bell was not looking like himself. He gives up four runs over the course of three and two-thirds innings. He's trying to come back from an early season injury, and you could tell that the command was there. His command wasn't great last year, but on this night, it was even worse. In those three and two-thirds innings, five walks for The bullpen from there was actually pretty decent. They wind up going four and a third innings. They give up two runs, both of which were earned, and then for the Wyverns, the bullpen has been able pick it up a little bit. They go three innings in this one. They don't give up a single earned run. And then Jong-un Park, he winds up going six innings. He gives up four runs, only three of which were earned as the big bright spot for Anwa in this one was the fact that Jared Huang was able to get a home run. This is their four-more player that has been struggling. Only in a 225, that was the second home run of the year, so a good sign there. And what else is a good sign for the SK Wyverns is the fact that they were able to get a long ball of their own out of Hyung Run Lee, this is someone that I believe was actually traded from Dusan over to SK. They made a little bit of a trade earlier in the weekend. That was his second home run in the campaign. This after he had hit zero home runs since the 2016 campaign going into this year. If you saw the game on ESPN, you saw yourselves a little bit of a crazy end of the game with regards to a total standpoint. Total goes over in Lote versus Dusan due to five runs by the Lote Giants in the 11th inning. They win by a count of 8-3 to three. and in this one. The Dusan Bears were hurt by the fact that they committed two errors as the eight runs that was given up by Dusan, only four of which were earned, including Chris Flex and going five innings. He gave up two runs, but none of which were earned. He should have been out of the inning. Instead, there was a throwing error by, I believe, the shortstop that really killed them in this game. And action Dan Straley looked good for the Lote Giants as well. He wound up only being able to go five innings, but he gave up one run in the process, and Lotes actually had one of the better bullpen ERAs that you're going to find out there in the KBL. They wind up going a combined six innings, give up two runs in this one, and for Dusan, they are towards the bottom when it comes to ERA. They have an ERA north of seven in their bullpen, and in this one, they wind up giving up four earned runs over the course of six innings, but they did also give up two unearned runs as well, so that certainly hurt this team. And what else was very interesting for the Dusan Bears was Jose Miguel Fernandez continuing his hitting ways. He gets two in this one. He is out hitting for the year a 468. Someone else that's pretty good at hitting, that'd be Roberto Ramos and his team, the LG Twins, they just completely lambaste the Kia Tigers by a count of 13-5. In this one, Mr. Ramos, he wound up just going 1-2. of two. He was lifted from the game a little bit early because the LG Twins had this one in hand and that's despite the fact that their foreign-born pitcher, Tyler Wilson, wound up giving up 4 runs in this one over the course of 6 innings. Gave up 10 hits, including a home run. The man that was able to supply the power in this one, Seung Tae Han, who actually hit 2 home runs in this one. He would get one off the bullpen as well. This is a guy that has really been having a nice come up. He hit a 223 last year, hitting a 319 so far this year with four home runs. All of last year in 105 games, he had just three home runs. So he's been able to really build something, but who else is building up a very bad ERA? Drew Gagnon. He goes four innings. He gives up five runs, all of which were earned. And a Kia bullpen that so far this year has actually been pretty solid. They give up eight earned runs over the course of five innings. Needless to say, that's not going to get the job done. Meanwhile, with the Twins, they've been one of the better bullpen ERAs in the KBO. I believe that their ERA is hovering right around a 3-5-7. In this one, they give up one run over the course of three innings, and they're able to get the job done in that game. The KT Wiz, a.k.a. the Smiling Bluffs, Got an offensive outburst from one Mel Rojas as they were able to take down the Kiwum Heroes by a count of 12 to 8. Our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, also have a bullpen ERA north of 7. And it actually didn't necessarily show in this one. They wind up giving up just one run over the course of four innings. Jung Sung Bay, A Bay Bay, his ERA, it went up as he gave up 
seven runs, six of which were earned over the course of five innings. Bullpen was able to clean it up from there, and the starter for Kiwoom, Seung-ho Lee, well, it did not go well for him. He got seven outs in this game, and he gave up eight runs, all of which were earned, including three long bombs. When you record fewer outs than you give up total runs, that's typically not a good start, and in this one, I was talking about Mr. Meta Rojas. He hits two home runs in the first two innings, five RBI in the game. This is a gentleman that is now hitting a 409 for the year. He now has six jacks. He certainly has been able to do his job. And how about Kung Su Park? He winds up going yard in this game as well. After hitting a 247 last year, he's hitting right around a 300 so far this year. 36-year-old with his third home run of the campaign. He's been able to step up with the smiling blobs dealing with a couple of injuries. So they were able to take care of business in that regard. And then the NC Dinos. They wound up losing their first two games of their series against Samsung. But in game three, they were able to restore order. Eight. 15-7, the final in this one. The Dinos were really on a hit parade in this one. Aaron Altair trying to prove that he's not Aaron Altairable. Now hitting a 269. He has had a multi-hit game in three out of his last six. He hits a home run in this one on the campaign. He now has five of them, so he seems to be heating up a little bit. It also helps when you get a leadoff home run from Minwoo Park. He is hitting a 322 for the campaign. That is the second home run of the year. He had one all of last year, so this is a Dinos team that is getting power from all fronts. And then Cheng Mo Koo has established himself so far this year as the best starter in the KBO. He's given up two earned runs over the course of five starts and 35 innings. He does not give up a single run over the course of six innings. The Dinos bullpen let them down a little bit. They were putting in their less than trustworthy arms because they had this game in hand. They give up seven runs, six of which were earned over the course of three innings. But the damage was done because... Cheong Che, he winds up giving up seven runs, five of which were earned in four innings for the Samsung Lions. He entered with an ERA below two, and he just got blown up in this one. The Lions have had one of the better bullpen ERAs that you're going to find in the KBO, but on this day, they give up 11 runs. I will say this, so five of them were unearned as Samsung hurt by a couple of errors, actually a trio of errors with that regard. If there is one bright spot for Samsung, it is the fact that Tyler Saladino now hitting a 250 after a big slump to start the year. So that is what we all saw from the KBL this weekend. Now let's turn our attention to the baseball that is typically played out here in the States, currently not being played, but Jake Asman, he does terrific work with SB Nation Radio. He's going to be talking to us about the negotiations that are going on, whether or not we're going to be getting an MLB season, and so much more. And that's on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Craig Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to be joined by our next guest. Last time we were talking to this man, he was unfortunately on furlough. That is not the case anymore as he is back where he belongs on the airwaves of SB Nation Radio, hosting the Jake Asman Show. Does a terrific job with that regard. It is now 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern for those of you guys out here on the West Coast. That is 6 to 8 a.m. Pacific time. And you can follow my Twitter at Jake Asman as it is Jake Asman joining me on the podcast. And it is always great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? Greg, I'm doing all right. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, the last time we spoke, I was unemployed. Now I'm employed. So definitely feels better to be working. That's for sure. Absolutely. And I'm pretty sure that the baseball players want to be working as well with regards to North America. We've got some men that are employed out there in South Korea. They are playing six days a week. So obviously it is good to see that. But we've seen a couple of proposals thrown out there the last 24 hours. Just before I came on this podcast, the owners apparently threw out there the proposal of a 50 game season. The players threw out their proposal Sunday night in which they want 114 games. I just feel like at this point, the 
MLB owners are trying to lowball. The players are trying to go as high as possible. We've been hearing ideas of 80 games for the season. And what is between 50 and 114? Right around 80 to 82, which is where I think we're ultimately going to end up if we do get a season. Yeah, I've been, I guess, pleased with the most recent developments that, you know, the owners were willing to guarantee the players of their full prorated salaries. And then you see Jeff Passion report that the owners only want 50 games. So I still think we have a long way to go as far as negotiating on the amount of games. But the fact that the owners were willing to pay a full prorate salary, I think it's a positive. Now, the players proposed 114 games. I just don't think that's going to happen, right? So 65 games or 50 games. I don't think that's going to happen either. So, you know, it's going to be kind of wild if they end up at 82 games all along and maybe the players give a little bit back money-wise. But I do think we're going to have a season. I just continue to talk about this on radio every day and just talking about it with people that continue to ask me about baseball's progress. I can't envision what it would be like if they don't have a season, just how far back it could set the sport back and just the damage it could cause. That could be permanent, realistically. So, you know, ultimately, I've been a big believer that they will find a way to get it done. And I still feel that way, you know, despite the fact it feels like we still have a long way to go before we get an official in agreement. And I don't know about you, but if I were Rob Manfred right now, what I'd be really looking to do, I'd be pushing all my chips in the middle, having a July 4th start day. Not a day sooner, not a day later. We know what's going on in this country right now. We've got riots in the streets. We've got people dying due to the coronavirus. I think a lion wound up leaving its cage in the Oakland Zoo or something like that. I mean, we've just got mass calamity right now. No offense or buts about it. People are looking for some good news. What would be better than the MLB season starting on the 4th of July? Sure, maybe you'll lose a little bit of money on it in the short term, but I think you just mentioned it. If the players and the owners don't come up with something, they maybe save a little bit of money this year, but long term, they are going to lose so much money. The value of these franchises, it is going to go into the tank. I think that they've got so much more to lose without a season rather than if they play a season without fans. I agree. I think there's too much for them to lose. You know, this is not 1994 where there's, you know, plenty of options and baseball is still the national pastime. I think you look at where we are in 2020 going through this pandemic and the unrest in our country, baseball can still be the first sport back. And if for whatever reason, they can't end up coming back, right? They can't work it out due to money. I just think that's going to cause damage that we're going to sit back and talk about the demise of the sport. In most cities, baseball is probably not even you know the number two sport in town. It seems like the NBA has passed a lot of baseball cities. You know, there's only a handful of markets left where baseball is clearly, you know, the number one sport. So, you know, I think baseball's got to be very careful here, just thinking that the fans are going to stick around a year and a half from now if they don't end up playing a season in 2020 when all these other sports are coming back and baseball can't have a season of any capacity over, you know, millions of dollars when you have millionaire players fighting with billionaires. Nobody wants to hear it when there's one in five Americans out of work. Nobody wants to hear it when there's 100,000 people that have died in this country due to the virus. And obviously nobody wants to hear it when there's unrest in this country right now, given you know the race relations of everything going on. So all these issues that are happening in society, if baseball you know, were to not come back, I think it'd be the ultimate slap in the face to their fans. Sure, the diehards would come back and follow the sport, but the average casual sports fan, I think you'd lose them for a very long time, maybe forever. And I don't think baseball can afford it. So I think Rob Manfred and Tony Clark have to come to their senses and find a way you know, to work out some sort of deal so we have a season. I totally agree with you, as we do have Jake Asman joining me right here on the podcast. And Jake, I know you're a man that you follow the New York Yankees quite closely, along with obviously the Houston Astros being out there in the lovely city of Houston doing 
everything that you do with SB Nation Radio. And we saw Monday the Yankees were releasing 45 minor league players. And what I think might be a little bit of an effect of this is we are seeing leagues like the KBO, the CPBL, the Japanese League is going to be starting up in a few weeks. These leagues, while the MLB is on hiatus, they are going to get a little bit more limelight. There's going to be more eyes on them. And I do think that as a result, because the MLB draft is going to be shortened much, much more this year, I believe it's only going to be five rounds. I do think that as a result, we might see more of these MLB teams, maybe even as early as the 2020 season, might be more 2021, 2022. Look at some of these leagues in the Far East and in other places, and they say, hey, you know what? This guy is absolutely tearing it up. Jose Miguel Fernandez is hitting a 450. Roberto Ramos, who was a part of the Colorado Rockies organization last year and hit 30 home runs for them. He is absolutely tearing the cover off the ball in the KBO. Maybe we should sign one of these guys, see if they can maybe give us a little bit of something as like a pinch hitter or something like that. And I feel like that might be a little bit of a new trend with so many of these minor league players either being out of work or perhaps being on the roster, but just not seeing any time whatsoever. Yeah, I just think it's that. And teams are also just cheap. You know, the Nationals trying to pay three-fourths of their minor leaguers. You know, they're trying to save a measly 100 bucks per week on a player. And, you know, you see what happened with the A's not paying their minor leaguers. Talking about billionaire owners just not doing the right thing. You know, to see the Yankees release a bunch of minor leaguers when, and the reality is the amount of money I think they'd be saving would only be about $250,000 for the year. Yeah, I think it's a disgrace. I really do. So hopefully these guys that do get released have opportunities to go play, you know, in the various leagues that you just mentioned there, Greg. But it just shows you that as rich as these billionaire owners are, they're still going to run their team like a business and not necessarily always do the right thing. So, you know, when you have David Price having to pay the Dodgers minor leaguers who aren't on the 40-man roster a 1000 bucks a month, it's a great gesture, but it's not something he should have to do. And I think that's really the unfortunate part about all this. John Fisher, the A's owner, stopped playing his minor league players as of yesterday. His net worth is $2.1 billion, and he couldn't play his, pay his guys $400 a week. That, to me, is just absolutely, like you were saying, a slap in the face to so many of these guys. And what has been, honestly, one unintended good consequence out of all this is that now we've been able to appreciate some of the Far East baseball that we've been seeing. Leagues like the CPBL, leagues like the KBL, one that I've really gotten into. The Japanese league is going to be taking off in the next couple of weeks. I do think that this is something that is very nice because we always hear the comparisons with regards to, oh, what's the KBO as compared to minor league baseball? I think a lot of people put it as like sort of a double A plus when it comes to the KBO. Many people actually rate the Japanese league as being right on par with the AAA, so they are pretty much the next step to the major leagues, which I think is very fascinating. And I just want to get your take to see if you've been watching any of these games, and if so, what some of your takeaways have been, because I've been watching a lot of these games out there at like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I think it's actually some pretty good baseball. Yeah, so I've been waking up doing the morning show on SB Nation Radio and in the studio as I prep and get ready for the show every morning. I've seen a little bit of the KBO on. You know, I've seen some of it being out at a couple of restaurants and whatnot here in the Houston area late at night on the weekends. You see some of the games. I can't sit here and tell you that I've watched a ton of it, but when it's been on, I've checked it out and I've been impressed by the level of play. I mean, the craziest thing is just trying to get used to watching a sporting event with no fans in attendance. You know it's coming for all our sports as they start to come back here in the U.S., but you just see it and experience that. It just feels weird, and it's definitely going to take some time to get used to. So that's honestly been my biggest takeaway 
<laughs> watching the KBO so far. Yeah, I do agree with you. And something that was brought up on one of the KBO broadcasts a few weeks ago is the velocity of these guys being down a little bit because the adrenaline is out there. And I think we could see that if we do wind up getting a 2020 season. A guy that typically comes out of the bullpen and throws 98, it's not like he's going to be all of a sudden throwing like 60 mile per hour curveballs or anything like that. But at the same time, maybe 98 becomes 96.7, 96.5 miles per hour. And that mile and a half per hour difference is the difference between a guy maybe swinging and just being a tad late on it as compared to making hard contact and getting the home run, which is why I do think that we are seeing the KBO bullpens be so bad with, as of right now, the KBO having just three teams with a bullpen ERA below five. And one of those teams is the Samsung Lions at 4.99. Wow. You know your stuff, my friend. It's just fascinating to kind of watch, you know, these other leagues start to come back. And then you look at, you know, some other sports besides you know, the Korean baseball organization, you look at what's happening, you know, in Europe with the return to soccer and, you know, the Bundesliga being the first league back with the German soccer league that people have been following. So all these developments, I believe, to be positive. So I think, you know, we're not that far away from sports coming back. And I truly believe that Major League Baseball will be back sometime in July. And if they can just figure it out, Greg, despite all the back and forth, the bickering between the owners and the players, they're still in line to be the first sport to return, the first major team sport to return if baseball could figure it out. Because, you know, basketball is targeting July 31st. You know, hockey's targeting sometime in late July, best case scenario. Baseball, if they can pull things together here, you're talking about July 4th weekend still being the first sport back. And I think that'd be huge for the sport if they could pull it off. And if they return on the 4th of July, I think that we are all going to be very, very quick to forget everything that it took to get here. We will just celebrate the fact that baseball is back in our lives. They have the chance to be heroes here, but at the same time, if they can't pull off a deal within the next seven days, then I think it's going to look very, very bleak for baseball getting back for the 4th of July because you have to get everyone back into their spring training sites, and you got to think that there's going to be at least a three-week ramp-up period in order to be able to return by early July. So I do think that the clock is ticking. I would say that for a deal to get done, it needs to be done by June 8th. I don't know what your thoughts are on, I guess you could call it a soft deadline, but sort of the date that I'm having in mind is next Monday, June 8th. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if you work backwards and the players get about a three-week spring training, then yeah, you're you're right out, you're right on that line right there. I think it can't be much later after that if you're still talking about July 4th weekend, which is why I think you're hearing the, some of the developments as we sit here and tape this podcast. You know, some of the developments that the owners have put a proposal forward that we discussed about they're going to pay the players the full pro rate, but only 50 games. I think it's all posturing. I think it's negotiating on both sides. I think ultimately there'll be a deal that gets done. It's just going to take some time you know, for them to work it out. But they don't have all the time in the world, as you laid out. I agree with you. I think June 8th is a very important date for them to figure things out. But one thing that I would make all the time in the world for listening to your radio show, Jake, I would like to close it up with this. It is good to hear you back on SV Nation Radio, entertaining the nation. So let the good people at home know how they can get in on your show Monday through Friday, how they're able to listen, and just follow you on social media. Absolutely. So on Twitter, at Jake Asman, just Jake and then A-S-M-A-N. And then you could also check out the radio shows you mentioned, Greg, 8 to 10 a.m. Central Time. So that would be 9A to 11A Eastern and 6A to 8A Pacific Time. So mornings, check it out, SBNationRadio.com, the SB Nation Radio app. And if you follow me on Twitter, as I said, at Jake Asman, you'll always see clips from the show that I tweet out throughout the day. Jake always does a great job with his radio shows. Good to see him back where he belongs behind a microphone and great to have him on the podcast today. Big thanks to Jake Hasman for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. 
And coming up next, it is that time that I give you a side in total on every game on Tuesday morning's KBO betting board as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. Big thanks to our buddy Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio for joining me in the last segment as we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a sighted total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRSCORTY1. Normal disclaimer here that you are going to be betting on the team and the team only, really, with regards to the KBO. The only place in which you're able to go pitcher dependent is at Pinnacle, which is a little bit of a change from how you typically bet MLB baseball. With MLB baseball, if you're betting on Max Scherzer and you get scratched, well, if you go pitcher dependent, you're safe there. Meanwhile, if you bet on, like, the Kia Tigers, you're betting on someone to go, and instead they throw out their, like, their backup first baseman as their starting pitcher. Well, you're still stuck with the Kia Tigers. So, without further ado, let's get into it. And it begins with 304-671, 304-672. The Anwa Eagles are going to be playing out to the Kiwo Muros. The Eagles are finding themselves anywhere between plus 148 and plus 155. Meanwhile, the Kiwo Muros are anywhere between minus 168 and minus 175 favorites. Your total on this game at a lot of places is 10. I did see a couple 9.5s earlier. It seems that everything has turned to a 10, though. The juice on the over of 10 is minus 105, and the under is minus 115. If you're taking a look at the Anwa Eagles, they are going to be trotting out Ewan Kim as their starter. Meanwhile, Hun Hee Han is going to be getting the start for Kiwoon, and Mr. Han, well, he has not necessarily had the best go of it in the last two starts. He combined nine and a third innings, giving up 11 total runs, 10 of which were earned. The walks have really been the big issue. In his last three starts, he's given up at least two walks in every one of them, so that no doubt is something that he's going to need to overcome, and this is someone that last year he gave up right around three walks per nine innings. That certainly has taken a little bit of an increase so far this year, but last year he also gave up a grand total of one home run. Now, that was in a little bit more of a relief role. You can tell that he's struggling a little bit as a starter, and with Mr. Kim, this is someone that's been pretty solid for Anwai. I will say he got a little bit roughed up against the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs about a week and a half ago, but he's given up three runs or fewer in every one of his starts. Length has not necessarily been great. And with Anwa, this is a team that has really had to dive into the bullpen, but the day off yesterday, you've got to think it's something that's going to be able to help them out. If you take a look at Anwa for the year, their bullpen ERA, it's not necessarily great, but at the same time, it certainly could be worse. A 6.07 ERA, and then if you're taking a look at the other side for Key Womb, it's right around a 5.11. I do think that both these teams are going to need to go into the bullpen quite a bit in this one. For Anwa, they have had a little bit of a difficulty scoring. It was good to see Jared Hoying get that home run Saturday night slash Sunday morning to be able to get him off the shine, but with Kiwoom, this is a team that they've been hot with the bats recently, but I will say this, having no foreign-born player in the lineup is big because they wound up releasing Taylor Motter because, well, he was a filthy Tomater. I forget who wound up giving me that joke, but I think that that's a really good one because this guy was absolutely terrible. Double lineup has been performing really well for Kiwoom, but bottom of the lineup certainly does have 
some questions. I will say, Byung Woo Jian, he wound up having two hits in the team's game Saturday night slash Sunday morning, but it's hitting just a buck 54 for the year. Byung Woo Park, he seems to be doing a little bit better, but he's been a little bit hit or miss, struck out three times in the team's last game. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I do think that Kim is going to give a good start for Anwa here. So for that reason, we're going to be taking the plus price with the Eagles, and we're going to be taking this total under. We move on to 304-673, 304-674. Kia Tigers are going to be playing host to the Lute Giants. The Giants cross the border are plus 145 underdogs. Kia Tigers, they are laying minus 165. Totals ranging anywhere between 9.5 and 10. On the over of 9.5, it's anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130. Under is between plus 105 and plus 110. If you're finding the 10 out there, over is just a even, and the under is minus 120. Going out there for the Lute Giants, it's going to be Siwong Park. Meanwhile, Ki Young Im is going to be getting the start for Kia, and Im has actually been pretty solid for Kia. I do like the way that he keeps the game out in front of him. Three earned runs or fewer given up in three out of his last four starts. I will say this, in one of his starts, he did wind up giving up five total runs, but four of them were unearned, so he certainly was hurt there. And what I like about him as well is that he's given up zero or one walks or in seven out of his last eight starts. So he certainly has been doing a good job of being able to hold down the fort when you take a look at that. Meanwhile, with Park for Lotte, 6.50 ERA so far this year, he has really been struggling. In his last two starts, he combined nine earned runs. That is something that's not going to get the job done. And what else is not is in every start this year, he's given up at least two walks. Giving up walks is just so big in the KBO. And what you like about Kia is the fact that their bullpen has actually been pretty solid so far this year. It has been a little bit up and down, but recently they certainly have been able to hold down the fort. That is something that you do have to like for this team, even though for the year the bullpen is hovering right around a 554 with regards to ERA and with the Lotte Giants, 493 ERA. So they've actually been able to do a solid job. They had to run through quite a few arms in that series against Usam, but you've got to think that the day of rest is going to be helping them out a little bit. But then when you also take a look at the Kia Tigers, they've got the leader in the KBO with regards to RBI and Preston Tucker. Six home runs on the year, over 24 RBI. That is something big. And with Lotte, it feels like they finally found something. They don't have a lot of home runs. They're in the bottom three in the KBO when it comes to home runs. But Dale Lee, able to do a very good job of getting on. He has a batting average hovering right around at 350. Asiop Sun is hitting at 300 as well. That is something that is helping this team out. And then Dixon Machado, only hitting a 210 for the campaign, but he does have a little bit of power in the bat. You got to think that that's going to be able to help out a little bit. I do think that both these starters are going to get blown up a little bit, and I do think that this could be a very good spot for Kia to put up a big, giant, crooked number, because what you like about this team is that they've got a couple older guys that have really been able to find the fountain of youth, like a G1 Na, hitting a 333 so far this year with four home runs. Last year in 56 games, he had six home runs that hit a 186, so he certainly has been able to find it. Bottom of the lineup for the Kia Tigers on Saturday night slash Sunday morning, a combined four hits from them. That is certainly something nice at Channel Park, one of the best base sealers that you're going to find out there in the KBO. I do think that the Tigers are going to be able to get some offense going. I do think that there's going to be a lack of command from Park for Lotte. I think that as a result, this game is going to go over, and I think that Kia gets the job done. So, playing it here with the Tigers, and we're going to be taking this total over. We move on to 304-675, 304-676. The KT Wiz, aka our good friends, the KT Smiling Blobs. They are going to be playing also the Doosan Bears. With our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, they are either a slight favorite or in a pick anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. With Doosan, they're anywhere between even money and minus 110. And the total in a lot of places right now on this game is 10.5. With the over having juice anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120, that makes the under anywhere between even and minus 105. Taking the mound for the Smiling Blobs, Audrey Semmer, the sp- 
Kanye. Meanwhile, you've got Hequan Yu going for Dusan. And with Yu, he's got one of the nastiest breaking balls that you're going to find in the KBO. It can sometimes get down as low as sub-60 miles per hour. He's really able to slow it down. 327 ERA. He's been able to do a good job of being able to induce soft contact. The big thing with him, though, walks. He has given up 10 walks so far in 22 innings so far this year. So command is not necessary there. He has been able to do a good job of limiting the home runs and the extra bases. So that is something nice. And what else do you have to find very striking about this game when it comes to bullpen ERAs in the KBO? Dusan, number nine with a 758 and our good friends, the Smiling Blobs. Well, they're not necessarily closer. 782 ERA. That is the worst out there in the KBO. But I do think that Mr. Despagne is going to be able to give a very good start in this one. 169 ERA. In his last three starts, he has went a combined 21 innings. And in those 21 innings, he's given up four runs, only two of which were earned. What's big for him as well is the fact that he's given up five walks in four starts. Does a great job of being able to keep the game out in front of him. And he's been stretching himself out a little bit more. Over his last four starts, he's went five innings, six innings, seven innings, and eight innings. The less that you need to rely upon the Smiling Blobs bullpen, the better. And with the Smiling Blobs, they have been dealing with a couple of injuries, the biggest one of which is one of the guys in the middle of the lineup, Beko Kong. He was someone that was hitting right around at 333. He had five home runs on the year. He's out the fold, but how about our good friend Mel Rojas hitting a 409 in the middle of the lineup? He was able to supply a pair of home runs against the Kiwum Heroes as well. That is something that you do like to see. You also have to like the fact that Chongdae Bay, A-Bay Bay, he is hitting a 373, and he has went deep once so far this year, which is as many times as he had went yard in his career prior to this season. Woo Jun Sim is hitting right around at 300 as well. He's doing a very good job of being able to get on base. Bottom of the lineup for the Smiling Blobs has been very good as well. Hitters 6 through 9 were absolutely terrific Saturday night slash Sunday morning. Three out of those four guys had two-plus hits in the game, so they are certainly getting it done there. Meanwhile, you take a look at Dusan. This is a team that's a little bit banged up. They are getting a couple pieces back in the fold. JLO is a big one. He was banged up for most of the week last week. He wound up returning in that last game of the series against Lotte for the year. He's hitting a 344. He's got three home runs after hitting 21 last year. And Jose Miguel Fernandez has just been able to do a great job of being able to get on base. But he has had quite a few lucky hits, what I would call it this year, 460. 68 batting average. Most of these are singles that are just finding the right hole, though. I do think that that is something that is going to be drying up. J1O, he is someone that has been able to be a stalwart in the KBO. He hit just a buck 64 last year, though. He's been banged up, hitting a 286 this year. He's been in a pinch hitting role recently, had just three home runs last year. I do think that a little bit of regression is setting in for him this year. And I do think that Dusan is actually going to get a decent pitching performance out of this team in you. I think that this is a spot in which KT is a little bit more of a free-swinging team, so I don't think that there's going to be as many walks, but I do think that Despagne is going to give a very good start for our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, so we are going to take them here. Smiling Blobs and the under in this spot. 304-677-304-678. The LG Twins are going to be playing those to the Samsung Lions. When you take a look at the Twins, at most places, they are anywhere between minus 130 and minus 140. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the lines anywhere between plus 110 and plus 120. Your total on this game, it is 10. The over is just anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. That makes the under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. When you're taking a look at the LG Twins, they are going to be getting the start from Minho Lee. Meanwhile, Tay-In Wan is going to be going for the Lions. And with Wan, he has been doing a very solid job in his last two starts for this team. He has one and one in those two starts, but a combined 15 innings, giving up three runs, only two of which were earned. And what's big is 
as well as he's been doing a better job with command. In his first two starts of the season, he had three walks in each of them. Last two starts, a combined two walks. That is no doubt going to be very beneficial. And along with it, he's had six strikeouts in his last two starts. His previous eight starts, he did not have more than four strikeouts in a single one of them. So he seems to be coming of age as a 20-year-old. And then when you take a look at Mr. Lee for the LG Twins, he is just 18 years old, but he has yet to give up a single run in the KBO. He wound up being able to get a start against these very Samsung Lions a few days ago. Five and a third innings. He gave up one hit. He did give up four walks, but he did a very good job of keeping the game out in front of him with this game. You've got two very young starters, and I do think that regression is going to be setting in for each of them. And when regression sets in for the starters, you got to take a look at the lineup. And with LG, they've got one of the most fearsome lineups that you're going to find out there in the KBO. Hunsu Kim, aka the hitting machine. He's hitting a 391. Not necessarily a guy that's going to give you a lot of power. Just one home run so far this year, but that's why you've got one Roberto Ramos. He's hitting a 375. Leads the KBO with 10 home runs. 21 RBI. He has been absolutely terrific for this team this year after the Colorado Rockies. Unfortunately, had him a little bit too far down on the depth chart. I think that they are kicking themselves right now for that. And then the other big surprise for the LG Twins, In Sun Che. How about a 319 batting average for him? Already four home runs this year after he had 12 and 128 games last year. He's been able to get the job done. He's the dude with the specs and he's got a hit in nine of the team's last 10 games. So he certainly has been doing a great job with that regard. And the LG Twins were having a little bit of a tough time with the bottom of the lineup a few days ago, but hitters 7 through 9 in the team's game Saturday night slash Sunday morning all had two hits or more with two of those guys having three hits. I think that that's absolutely huge. And then with the Samsung Lions, Tyler Saladino is finally starting to do something. He's hitting at 250. He's had a couple home runs recently. Had a very good series against the NC Dinos. That is very welcome for the team because you've got a couple other guys that, well, they're not holding up their end of the bargain. Someone like Kahakju Lee, who's hitting a 218 so far this year at the 3 spot. And at the 3 spot, he's got a career 8 home runs. I mean, that's just not going to cut it right there. One suck Lee, he is someone that, well, he sucked so far this year. A 226 batting average. He does have 3 home runs, but with that said, you need a little bit more out of your cleanup hitter. He just has not been able to provide that. And then you've got someone in Ji Chung Kim, who at the top of the lineup, 19-year-old guy, this is the gentleman that was brought up on the ESPN broadcast as being 5'4", 140 pounds, while well, he's got as many hits as Greg Peterson in his last four games. So, I mean, this is someone that just is not holding up his end of the bargain. I do think that LG is going to be able to hit the starter of one and hit him hard in this spot. So, for that reason, we're going to be taking this total over. I do recognize that the Twins and the Lions have two of the top bullpens that you find in the KBO. And the LG Twins are the only team in the KBO with an ERA below a 4-9 so far this year. Their bullpen ERA is a 3.53. They've gotten the job done. But with that said, I do think that this is a game that's going to go over with two pitchers under the age of 21 going in this one. I think that LG tears them apart. So, taking the Twins and the over in the spot, and we are going to be wrapping things up with 304-679, 304-680. The NC Dinos are going to be playing out to the SK Wyverns. To the surprise of no one, the Dinos are the biggest favorite that you're going to find out there on the board. If you're looking at the Dinos, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 225 and minus 250. Meanwhile, with the Wyverns, you're going to find them anywhere between plus 185 and plus $2. Total that you're finding on this game is 10. The over is used of anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. The pitcher that is going to be going for our good friends, the SK Wyverns, is going to be Sun Woo Moon. And 
and it is going to be Jock Lee going for the NC Dinos, and Mr. Lee has not necessarily been firing in all cylinders when it comes to the Dinos. This is someone that has been up and down all year long. He's alternated good starts with bad starts, and the big thing with him is that he's had two plus walks in three out of his four starts so far this year. That is something that you do want to put a star around. It's one of these things as well as the strikeouts are either there or they're not. In his last two starts, six strikeouts against Kiboom, one against Tucson. You just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him from game to game. And with the Dinos, it does seem as though they are showing some holes when it comes to the bullpen and with the SK Wyverns. The bullpen at the beginning of the year was atrocious, but it's been much better recently. With Moon, this is someone that he's got a little bit of an awkward arm slot. He tries to give up soft contact, and he's done a good job of it recently. Dating back to his last seven starts, he's given up only two home runs, but with that said, what he needs to do a good job of is command, and he certainly has been able to do that. He's given up multiple walks in just two out of his last ten starts. I do think that that's going to bode very well in this spot, as the NC Dinos are a team that they do rely quite a bit on the home run ball, and with the Dinos, they are one of the better defensive teams that you're going to find out there in the KBO. With SK, they have been dealing with quite a few injuries, and Jamie Romack, he's not injured, but with that said, he might as well be, because he's hitting a 253 for the year, only two home runs last year. He had 29 long bombs, 95 RBIs. He was hitting more around a 275. They need him to pick it up a little bit, but someone that has been able to pick it up, Jung Jae. He was hitting below the Mendoza line at this time last week. He's someone that hit 29 home runs last year. He's only got two so far this year, but what you'd like to see is that he's got a combined six hits over the team's last four games, and in those four games, he's had two plus RBI in three of them. That is massive for this SK team, and what else you're getting with SK is the bottom of the lineup at last starting to come through. Hitters seven through nine had a combined three hits for the team in their last game against the Anwa Eagles, and then when you take a look at the NC Dinos, Aaron Altair, he certainly has been on a little bit more of a terror now. He's no longer Altairable. He's hitting a 269. He's been able to go deep five times so far this year. You certainly do like to see that. They have been a little bit banged up at the catcher spot, but E.G. Yang seems to be recovering from his hamstring injury. That is something big. Minwoo Park, he was able to go yard against the Samsung Lions, and then you've got to love what Sung Bum Na has been able to put together so far this year. 308 batting average. He's got seven home runs already, so he certainly has been able to do that, but I do think that SK is going to get a very good start here out of a guy in Moon that's just a little bit hard to adjust to with that awkward arm slot. I do think that this is a spot in which Lee is going to be giving up a couple runs, and I think that the Wyverns, a team that currently has the longest win streak in the KBO at four games, I think that they're going to be able to get it done once again, and I do think that the bullpen of the Wyverns that was very good last year is going to be able to come through again here. So we're going to be taking this little under, and we are going to be taking the plus price here with the Wyverns, and that will wrap things up for the Monday Night Slash Tuesday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. And if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have a question for the podcast, fired in my timeline at Jaren's 41. Big thanks to our good buddy Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio for joining me in the last segment. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. And I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. 